for a hero Well look up No more running from the bad guy I'ma stare him in the eye like what's up I know the journey got hard for a minute But I ain't giving this up Yeah, I got the heart of a champion If I get knocked down, I get back up Welcome to the Brilliant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moulton. My aim is to inspire you on your personal growth and development journey. I hope that as you continue to listen, you will unlock your full potential and achieve your brilliant life. Welcome to the Brilliant Life Podcast. I am extremely excited today to be talking with you again. I want to thank everybody who's been listening and supporting me. I have been getting great feedback. And honestly, if it's just for that one person who's listening and is encouraged, that's what I'm here for. I'm excited. If this is encouraging to you, please share it, send it to people. I just, I want to help as many people as possible. I do want to let you know that part of my story has uh, betrayal trauma in it. And I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that after this podcast, probably into podcast five, six, seven. We'll see how far it goes. But essentially, my goal in that is to help specifically men, but anybody who's been in any form of betrayal in their primary relationships. And it can even be in at work, it can be a marriage relationship, parent, uh, any kind of betrayal. There's a trauma that comes with it. But specifically when it comes to infidelity in marriage, I want to take it from a male perspective, having experienced it and entering into it wasn't easy. And I will explain how in future conversations here at the Brilliant Life Podcast, but it's part of my story and it's part of what I look at as a necessary growth opportunity uh, that truly enabled me to become a better person and is still enabling me to become better. So these things that happen in our lives, sometimes they're not there to destroy us. There's a saying that I have that sometimes it looks like destruction, but it's actually growth and resurrection. And that is something that I got way back. I was reading through the Bible consistently, and I noticed there's this theme of death, destruction, death or destruction. You kind of put those together. But from the outside, it looks like it's being destroyed. Like, think about the story of Jesus on the cross. It looks like he's being destroyed, but in all actuality, the greatest victory is taking place, the resurrection, that we can now have life without the fear of death, with the ability to overcome various obstacles in our lives, which the Christian theology calls sins, you know, those types of things, we can overcome these and we can become more and more filled with light, filled with God. And so that's part of what this podcast is all about, is how can we look at these various things in our lives 
and take them as learning opportunities. That's why I'm here. I love talking about these things, and this is going to be one of the things that I talk about. Uh, I want to, however, pedal back here. And this episode is essentially, I'm going to use the metaphor of a bench. And what I mean by that is a sports analogy. I'm going to call it what we can learn while being on the bench. And essentially, it's a feeling of being overlooked and underutilized. And we can feel that way in our family. We can feel that way in a church, in a, you know, in a religious setting. We can feel that way in relationships. We can feel that way as maybe there's a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. We can feel that way in our careers. We can feel that way if we're teenagers in sports. And that's where it comes from, actually. My son and I were having a conversation. And really, it's a conversation centered around him being on the bench. Now, you're talking about someone that we paid for him to have uh, private lessons. He played basketball all the time with his friends. He went to everything that the coach offered at his school, and he finds himself in his senior year with all the work that he has done sitting on the bench. And now we're into the third game at this time of this conversation, and he's only played a minute. And he comes home, and he's talking to me, and he's like, Dad, I don't know, maybe I should just quit and just, you know, I, he works at a restaurant. He's like, maybe I'll just go work consistently. Just that's what I'll do. I'll quit, and then I'll go work. And I'm like listening and listening, and finally I just say, you know, Noah, I don't think you would be happy if you quit. I don't think you would look back at this time and be happy with that decision. And I said to him, I said, you know, we all have feelings at times that we're being underutilized or on the bench. And I used quotation marks, right? And we were just talking and, and I said, you know, let me give you a scenario that I kind of could feel like I'm on the bench. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, there is in corporate America today a big push for hybrid, meaning that a lot of individuals are being asked to move to hubs where their companies are or they're, uh, and they're remote right now and maybe they're being cut off. Uh, I talk to many people every day who are being asked to move and losing their roles because they're remote. I said, you know, there's an aspect to where at this point in corporate America, I could be considered on the bench. He's like, but what do you mean? I said, well, am I being underutilized? Possibly. I have two master's degrees. I've been a senior recruiter for six years. I've been a recruiter for nine. I said, I've been in the same position essentially for years. And I could look at that is being on the bench, being underutilized. I said, however, I don't. When I look at the role that I play, I am enabling a global company to have top talent, and I'm on the front lines of that. And he's just looking at me a little puzzled. And I said, I want you to think about it this way. 
I may not be at the higher echelons of decision-making, but I'll tell you what, I'm at the forefront of it. And in being at the forefront of it, I'm able to bring in and talk with, and I'm able to evangelize everybody I talk to about my company. And I'm also able to work with these individuals who are decision makers to help them make decisions on hiring. So if I'm on the bench, I'm doing a lot of work. And I go in there and I I talk with you know, people in roles of decision-making. I talk with my coworkers. I encourage people to engage. And he's just looking at me like, huh, really? You go into work like that every day. Yes, I do. How do you do that and not get, not be bored or not be discouraged? I said, because I love what I do. Question is, Noah, do you love basketball? Yes. Do you love the players on your team? Yes. Do you love the vision that your coach has for that team? Yes. Okay. So does it matter if you're on the bench or in the game, you're on the team? You are on the team and you are a primary component of that team. And the mindset of the individual on the bench I would encourage ought to be as great as the player who's starting, as positive, as encouraging, as an oriented toward winning as the person who is scoring every point, getting the assist. And the reason why is because the reason why that person can take the shot, move over maybe on the three-point line when somebody's defending him and take that shot and make it is because you play defense on him. The only way that person can take that charge is because you went to the basket and practice and he learned how to take that charge from what you did. So whether or not you get in the game, you are very much a part of every defensive play in every offensive basket of every win and every loss. And that's for all of us. Whatever role we're in, we have the opportunity to influence through mindset, verbally, body language, encouragement, building relationships, looking at our benched places under utilization as opportunities. Now, what are the opportunities? Well, one... We can embrace a learning mindset. While we're on the bench, we have the opportunity to figure out the areas of our growth. So I encouraged my son to go and talk to the assistant coaches. What can I do better? Where do you think I need to grow? It's called an assessment. So the thing for those in business, go and take some assessments. Figure out what your strengths finders are. Figure out how you can utilize them. Get a coach. What are the opportunities for growth? If you want to get that degree, go after it. Listen to podcasts. Do affirmations. Change things up. Become a learner of yourself, your skills, your and and where you could develop those skills in other ways. It may you may not get paid for it, but there are opportunities. 
So we need to embrace a learning mindset and develop other skills. Maybe it's for me to have the opportunity to say, wait, I'm a recruiter and I can do this in my sleep. What are some of the other areas that I could grow in? And so I start looking at the various parts of HR that I would like to learn. So this year, I was going to go after a generalist. Um, it, it's called a SHRM certification within HR. But I've actually decided, no, I really like talent. Like that's, I've assessed myself and I really like talent. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go for talent management certifications. And I also like transformation. So I'm going to look at maybe the ProSci certification, maybe some other certifications of change management. So I'm going to look at areas where I can grow. The other thing is what's huge in HR right now is analytics. I need to figure out how best to learn and grow in the skill of understanding analytics. So these are all the things that I'm talking to my son about and I'm talking to you about because it's opportunity to build our skill set. Where can you build your skill set? I think, you know, we all have that opportunity. If you're a leader, where can you grow in your leadership? Maybe there's areas of emotional intelligence you need to grow in. Maybe there's, if you're a sales individual, maybe your negotiating skills have gotten you where they are, but maybe, maybe there's more that you could do to even better them. Maybe you got to become better at the RFP process. Maybe you got to become better at sourcing new candidates if you're a recruiter or sourcing new businesses if you're looking for leads and all of those things. Maybe you have to become better as a if you're a doctor or a nurse going in and and reading other books. I have someone in my life who she's consistently reading different things about the medical field and is able to solve things with people because of that action. And that's what we need to be doing. What are the books you need to be reading? What are the certi certifications you can be taking? Maybe you can do internal internships. We have those at our company. Maybe some other companies do. But one of the things I told my son was, what skills do you need to build? The other thing is, is take the film and go through the film yourself and see what you would have done and talk to the coaches about it. Jot down notes, go to them with things. So there's ways that we can become proactive about our own growth. The other thing is seeking feedback, seeking feedback. Not only, hey, can you help me develop this skill, but go get a mentor, somebody who will speak and be real with you. You might not want to hear what they have to say, but maybe what they say will change your life, will change the trajectory of your next step, will change your career, will change your marriage, will change your work environment, will change something for the better. The other thing is when we're on the bench and we don't have a good mindset or we're feeling underutilized, we can get very selfish in our mindsets and we can begin to disconnect and disengage. What I encouraged my son to do was lean in, engage, be engaging, build relationships. What ways can you get to know others on your team? You know, there's uh, people that I've worked with, hiring managers that I connect with, 
And I'll set up meetings with them and I'll continue to connect with them in almost like coffee chats. Those are things that you can do. You can set up coffee chats. Hey, I know you're across the country. I know we're on teams, but hey, would you get together with me and let, let's, can we have a 25 minute conversation? You get your coffee, I'll get mine. Something like that. But stay engaged. If your team has virtual in virtual game days or virtual events, get involved in those. If if you're local, uh, if you're local to the company, go to a volunteer day. Set up a volunteer day, but stay engaged. Don't disengage because you feel underutilized. Lean into it, but also figure out the next steps for yourself while you're doing that. Being on the bench, it also enables mental resilience. It takes a mentally tough teenager, a mentally tough individual to feel underutilized and yet be energetic. So that's that it, it, we in America, sometimes I think we're, we are wimps, honestly, and it's important to put ourselves into these situations sometimes or to look at the situations that we're in and figure out where's the mental resilience? Where do I need to grow and how can I grow through this? And, and, and it's important that we think through those things. The other thing is, is remaining flexible, remaining flexible. And what do I mean by that? Look, we have to bend we have to maybe do stuff that we don't like to do, but remaining flexible will enable us for growth. Maybe you're going to be asked to do something. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that. Let me give you an example. I had been asked to be the chief fun officer. Now, I don't think I'm very fun, but yet I was asked to be the chief fun officer. And I'll tell you what. I'm glad I remained flexible to the idea because as I began to think through it, I began to realize that it's actually the chief engagement officer. What I'm being asked to do is exactly what I love to do. But if I wasn't flexible, if I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not fun and turned it down, I would not be engaging the team as I am and enabling others to engage. And that's the goal, because I truly think that if we can remain flexible, we're going to learn things about ourselves and grow in ways that we never thought possible because we kept ourselves open. That's what flexibility really means, is there's an openness to difference, an openness to change, an openness, maybe my son wants to be a shooting guard, maybe they need to utilize him for a point guard or maybe, uh, you know, uh, another, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, I was going to say a strong safety, but that's football. He's not playing football. <laughs> it's more along the lines of maybe he's a, a forward of some sort, but no, he needs to remain flexible for what they want. However, the other thing, all of these things are going to lead to remaining prepared for your moment, remaining prepared for your moment. And I'm glad that I waited a couple of weeks before I actually shared this 
Because last night, let me, I'll end with this. But last night, my son got in. And one thing I always tell him is you may not get in for a long period of time, but utilize every second that you have. Meaning, be intentional with those minutes that you get. Make your point. And yesterday he did. He gets in, he's in for a few seconds, and he scores. And it's honestly, like you look at the film, it is a perfect play. And you see the whole crowd jumped up screaming for Noah because they know how hard he's been working. Those who go to the games, they know that he's been looking for that moment. He prepared and he did what he knew he could do in the manner he knew he could do it. But he kept himself ready. And I'm glad he did because I think what it did is it showed him that as long as he does these things, that what we put in, let me put it, this is how I put it to him. I said, there is a, a an economy that what you sow, you reap. And it's not just a spiritual principle, but it's a life principle. That what you pay, ultimately, what you do, you'll get paid for. Somehow, some way. And I keep telling him that and kept telling him that. And it's starting to happen. So his moment came and he did it. But that's not where it's going to end because he has to continue. And the other thing I told him is that, hey, listen, it happened. You did it. How did that feel? And he told me exactly how it felt. I said, now take that feeling, harness it, harness that feeling and let it out. Whenever you're put in that position again, know that feeling, feel that feeling, visualize with that feeling, and I guarantee that situation will continue to arise. And I think, as a metaphor, as long as we continue to embrace a learning mindset, as long as we develop, continue to develop skills, seek feedback for growth, stay connected and engaged, allow these things to build our mental resilience, remain flexible and open, we are preparing for our moment. And that moment, when it comes, we will shine. You will be bright. I will be bright. So I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Have a great day. Remember, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to get into some of the betrayal trauma stuff, and we'll see where that goes. Love you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Brilliant Life Podcast. I'm Mike Moulton, and it's been an absolute pleasure sharing this time with you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others who might find value in it as well. Remember, each step we take, no matter how small, is a crucial part of our shared path towards a life filled with brilliance and purpose. Love you. Talk to you soon.